Okay, sweet. Um, Jay, you want to give a quick intro about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I could give a quick background on how I got into crypto and what I'm doing. Um, got into crypto back in 2017, um, just like a lot of other people. Um, and I got into it because I was really into EOS. <laughs> um and before I kind of realized it was an exit scam, I was um, actually really into the software. Um, and I found a couple uh, big vulnerabilities and basically got, got paid for the stuff that I found. Um, and then I ran validators across different chains. Um, and so I basically set up like automated infrastructure across different, different networks and it started turning into you know passive income so i dropped everything else i was doing and got into crypto full time back in 2018 and 19 so um i you know i've been angel investing and trading since then and um around uh 1 year ago i started jenny dow which is sort of like an nft investment dow um we pulled money from funds and vcs and angels like multi-coin animoca um paris hilton mr beast and so on and we started buying nfts early um i was involved with uniquely um or i'm still involved with uniquely and uh we're building an nft fractionalization protocol so um that's launched already it launched back in april and um yeah so most recently back in june i started a quant hedge fund in crypto as well so we're like a 10-man shop doing medium frequency stat arp focus um within crypto doing both DeFi and um centralized exchanges stuff so that's sort of a summary of my journey in crypto Nice, nice. Great to have you. Yeah, um, Jeff's been constantly scaling. Um, and like, uh, he's uh, he's pretty well known around, like, you know, close NFT circles and things like that. So, yeah, I think it'll be good to have him on for some of the um, topics we're talking about. Jay, do you want to talk about like some of the things that you're finding interesting to uh, kick it off? Um, we usually have an agenda for these things, but um, it's a lot more free flowing based on you know who the guests are. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I think one thing that like we're focusing on right now, um, well, I can talk about the NFT side, um, like a lot of my angeling right now, as well as sort of the projects and NFTs that are, that I'm looking at are, um, definitely in gaming and, and metaverse plays. Um, mm. I think Arthur Hayes wrote like a pretty good article recently. I mean, he's really bearish as a whole because of, like, just macro infrastructure, uh, not just crypto, but, like, markets as a whole. Um, mm -hmm. but, but he he basically thinks, like, I think a lot of other people think this, too. Like, um, a lot of the trading game in crypto, specifically from now, isn't, isn't just going to be, like, simple, like, buying this or buying this um, type of token. I think it's going to be about like how how do you constantly try to outperform Bitcoin or ETH, right? Um, 
And I think one space that um, has shown strength and will continue to show strength will be metaverse and gaming plays. Um, think sub guilds, DAOs um, are really cool as well. Um, I just think that there's like a whole economy, tooling, infrastructure that's going to be built on top of the, the NFT layer. Um, and we're, we're just getting started on it, in my opinion. And um, if you look at, you know, players like Animoca and, and a couple others that are coming in, like, really strong, um, e- even during this dip, like, they're, ag- they're aggressively investing into these projects. Um, institutional investors are backing players like Animoca. Um, and I think, you know, right now we see a lot of gaming companies um, not just you know crypto gaming companies that don't really know how to develop games, but really big you know established gaming codes from um, right. from the tech world coming in. So I think like I'm very bullish on the space as a whole. Um, I I do see a lot of noise and a lot of you know gaming companies that just want to capture the hype, but I think the ones that are, are really have capable teams backing them and so on um, will continue to thrive in the long run. So in terms of infra, like what are you kind of seeing right now? Yeah, I think like uh, NFT infra. Yeah. In terms of infrastructure, um, like one, one thing that I think would be really cool um, would be something where like, you have a guild or a DAO that owns a bunch of NFTs and then like members of the guild can use the NFTs in game and like actually sign, you know, like ownership in game. Um, and then like make it a trustless process where like that NFT, they, they, even though they can sign into the game with that address, like they can't move the NFTs in or out. So, like, it's kind of like a mix of proxy address and, like, proxy transactions, but then, like, making a permission so that you can't have people, like, moving them in and out. I think that would be really interesting because then you have these, like, trustless guild wallets where all your people can basically farm and, like, play, do play to earn um, with the ownership of the DAO, basically. So I, I think that would be really interesting. Um, I mean, obviously, other uh, important infrastructure plays will be NFT lending and borrowing. Um, there's a lot of players in the space, but I don't think one has really come out and like proved itself as the go-to. Um, I think like NFT perpetuals, like floor perp uh, shorts, and like being able to basically buy and sell like floor perps for different different nfts i think would be really cool options as well so a bunch of derivatives for nfts would be really cool and fractionalization as a whole i think is a problem that hasn't been perfectly solved yet yeah i I do see a little bit of um um opportunity with like the the concept of floors because i feel like 
that's where like the main body of liquidity lies mm-hmm. like the floor price of these things um and you know like usually like a lot of people don't have time to step through each individual nfts and you know like kind of price them out you know based on you know rarity and what 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 right so a lot of the times it's like kind of given to the floor price to do majority of the liquidity lifting so yeah like i I, i've been seeing a little bit of products come out there um but yeah i think nft market still i don't know like it it still feels like a little bit of like ten thousand mint and let's just speculate on like these ten thousand mints kind of style rather than having a little bit more than that do you know what i mean Yeah. yeah um yeah it's like not trivial um like like the thing with floors even right now is that like if you try to sell like even a mebit which is a decently big you know it's one of the biggest right and a lot yeah, of people yeah, consider it a blue chip. but but you try to sell one at floor like you it's it's very likely that you won't be able to sell it at floor and once you list yours at floor a lot of other people will try to front run you and um, put their like list their mebit right below your floor price right so uh, there actually is very little liquidity and then you try to look at these pro- uh, protocols like nftx or nft20 and there's so little liquidity in there that you sell one mebit into the pool you're losing like 10 percent in slippage right so like it's impossible to like arb with those either so essentially like right now uh i think this is probably also why like keyboard monkey was pretty bearish at the top and like was trying to sell stuff um whenever he got the chance and um i I think just like in general once markets are going down like the amount of liquidity like the prices are basically fake right and um if you actually try to exit like a bunch of nfts at once like you would basically kill the market on your own so um I think like with these things like floor perps, it could it could be a really good way to add a lot of liquidity into the market, right? Where speculators can simply just uh, trade the the perps, and um, yeah, like with individual NFTs, you have like, a lot of wash trading going on to create a floor, and it's like very artificial, and it's a bit harder to do that. I think with yeah uh, like- these derivatives. NFTs with a little more focus or a little more like utility, um, like you know, decentralized sandbox or like these lands, right? Like they're able to, like, you know, they they have constant demand because like there's a there's a utility in them, right? But for a lot of these like profile photo NFTs, um, it's it's like it's hard to find like a demand driving I guess like utility Mm. so that's what yeah that's what always like kind of made me skeptical about like a lot of the NFTs that are in the space obviously there's like teams like you know BYC that are absolutely killing it with partnerships and you know like just giving 
you know, more and more life to the NFT bubble. That's like, you know, one in a thousand or ten thousand, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that was kind of my thought around like NFTs and you know what the use cases would be. Yeah, which is why, like in general, I think a lot of PFP projects are gonna basically capitulate continuously. And like there was so much noise, right? Like back during the boom, um, every day you would get like five, ten new PFP projects springing up, um, and that that just was not sustainable, right? And um, a lot of these communities, I think, will end up concentrating towards just the few that actually, you know, built out a, a true community and like built out some sort of utility for these NFTs. But even then, like, I think the utility argument isn't even that strong. Um, but that's why, like, I'm I'm gravitating more towards like the metaverse gaming plays. Like you see Facebook rebrands to Meta and like they're doing so much um, trying to basically compete with these decentralized solutions. Um, You have Square rebranding themselves to Block, right? Like things like this, just like there's a lot of money coming into this space and a lot of a lot more people getting aware of sort of the whole new world that this could create, right? So uh, I just see, like, gaming and metaverse plays capturing a lot of that. Um, and if designed very well, and, like, if, if you create a network effect quickly enough um, where people really care about these assets and how they do in the game, and you create a really strong game economy, um, I think, like, the sky's sort of the limit for, for these projects, right? Have you seen good games that are, like, creating that kind of economy? Sorry, could you repeat that? Like, basically, like, games or game GameFi projects or NFT projects that are kind of creating that, like, internal utility and, like, economy where it's driving up, like, natural demand. Kind of like Axie, I guess, but... You know, Axie is its own kind of special case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen any like other, you know, projects or companies yeah. that are. Yeah, I, I I'm pretty into like Galaxy Fight Club right now. It's kind of like a Super Smash for for NFTs. So they have like mm-hmm. Cyber Kongs, Board Apes, and a bunch of NFTs that um, have been added, and then basically. I think they integrated loot where you can get items for your for your fighters, um, the fighter NFTs essentially, and then um, it's like a P to E, right? So you battle and try to win in order to um, earn G coins, um, which is their native token, um, and then also like win ETH off of battling. So. It's it's like a pretty, pretty interesting, interesting game, and they, yeah. they've created like a decently sound tokenomics, in my opinion. So, yeah, like I've gotten some exposure in that. Um, it's pretty but interesting. yeah, r- right now personally though, like outside of like a couple games and um, and just the PFP pro- projects that I'm like 
kind of stuck with. Um, I haven't really been buying much recently. Yeah, us too, I think. Um, you know, I think that's a good kind of start. Um, yeah, why don't we go through some of the agenda that um, we kind of like saw in the market? Look. Yeah. Um, well, should we maybe start on like uh, like metaverse and gaming since we're fresh on the heels on that? Yeah, I haven't heard of anything new. But yeah, feel free to kind of like lead the discussion there. Yeah, I ha- haven't heard much anything new either. But uh, just like Jay said, I think it's going to be one of the strongest narratives coming out in like 2022, and probably one of the ones with the strongest traction. Um, to build on something that he said too, I think it's only a matter of time until we see a game come out with uh, a new kind of game economy that we've seen like with Axie and, and these like wizards and dragons. And um, that's kind of one of the first things that I'm looking forward to the most um, is like these new kinds of economies. And then further down the line, uh, we have like creator economies too, which is ultimately what like games like Axie are shooting for um, games like mini Royale and a couple other games. And I think that's one of the most uh, one of the more bullish narratives I see in the gaming uh, sector. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just my thoughts on that. All right, um, I think I, I have some something to chime in, like around the uh, kind of metaverse gaming NFTs. So, um, so far we've seen like the economy is mostly being. You know, people want this token and then the token can, you know, mint or buff the NFTs. And then it's a kind of medium or long-term Ponzi's are the best, right? That's what actually turned out to be. And But they're still trying to figure out, like, how do they suck back all the um, SLP and then how do they suck back all the, you know, floor axes. Uh, so this is, like, one area I think Metaverse NFTs can really be uh, better than profile picture collectible NFTs. Because uh, these things, like, the because there's always consumption, you can actually come up with something that would burn them. And because people don't really collect the floor axes, whatever, they're more than willing to put it into something like NFTX. Versus, like, if you have punks, like, and then you have some weird mechanism that locks up the punks into a, a thing, like, it's very difficult for people to put like a super expensive punk in there. So the liquidity is like kind of counterintuitive when it comes to collectible NFTs. Um, so we've seen like, we, we recently like um, talked to a project called TDAO, which is, uh, I don't know if you guys heard of it, but they're trying to like basically uh, suck up the floor NFTs that are no longer used in these you know, play-to-earn economies um, and then like liquefy that by just uh, bonding it into kind of an OM-style treasury and then issuing a, a thing that you can just freely trade. So I think um, like metaverse projects that don't, that try to come up with a closed loop system where they, they're Tokens can have consumption, but their NFTs also have consumption. 
would be like really bullish because uh, then it's it makes sense like it works like a token uh, utility wise. I don't know if um, you guys know any projects already doing that, but um, clear, definitely Axie will be the, one of the leaders, right? So whatever they do next with like how they you know boost the SLP, how they deal with full Axies. So just my my quick insights on that is with these future games that Axie are going to develop, um, I think they're going to develop like uh, like three or four games. Like there's the battling, there's like the there's a the land update, and I think they have a couple more games in the works. And with each one of these updates, they're going to uh, try to make the more non-meta Axies. Um, into meta axes in these other games that are coming out. So, like, you might have unmet uh, axes that don't meet the meta in battle, like in the battle game, but over in the land uh, section, they will be more in meta. And I think that's one of the ways how they're trying to combat uh, their okay. current inflationary economy and the the dumping of axes. That's that's cool. I, I mean, actually, themselves, they can, yeah, makes sense. More mini games for, um, I, yeah, I, I think tokenomics is very key. We're at that stage now where, like, you can build a game and whatever, and it's, it looks this way, that way, and the style is this and that, but people are very used to two, two token economies, and then you have this NFT. You have one that's a governance token, no inflation. The other one, perpetual inflation. So those kind of designs are pretty old now, and it's it'll probably be up to Axie to like really innovate. Yeah, I think we'll see some more burn mechanisms um, in the future, like with crafting and whatnot. But um, yeah, either Axie or a new kid on the block is gonna definitely shake it up. Um. Yeah, so uh, Prime is like not Prime. Parallel is going to do something similar with their ecosystem, except they kind of coin theirs as like play to um, play to win. I think is how they they coin theirs, and I think they're going to have a different kind of uh, like play to earn system. So I'm I'm kind of excited to see what's coming out there. And the prime proposal was supposed to be here in December, but I think they've delayed it, and it's probably going to be uh, sometime in Q1, uh, like January or February, I think. Is what many people think. Um, and then another game I'm watching out for is Star Atlas, uh, and I think they're going to be having some more updates here in twenty, early twenty twenty two. Um, and I think Star Atlas, Star Atlas is one of these games that are shooting for like a player, uh, a creator economy. So I'm pretty bullish there too. Um, so like, I guess one other thing in the news right now is like sushi. Uh, like sushi's kind of up in the air, and it looks like. Uh, like the community's kind of seeing who the hand, uh, who they should kind of like turn over the keys to, and uh, right now it looks like the leading person to um, 
to like have it join its ecosystem is like the uh, the abracadabra ecosystem, the, the spell Daniel Sesta ecosystem. Um, yeah, I I definitely think this is some bullish news for Abra, but I I'm questioning how much um, innovation like Daniel and and the team can really bring to Sushi. Um, anyone have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty unfortunate. Like, I just remember, you know, Sushi was like kind of everyone's favorite DeFi project and like kind of became the new DeFi child, right? Um, Even back in like June, um, July, it was going great. And then um, one thing led to another and it seems like sort of the whole internal team is leaving Sushi. Um I think, you know, um, having, like, a strong voice in the DeFi ecosystem, like, help lead it again will will be nice. But I don't think much will change at all unless, like, it becomes more of a company where there's, like, actually a leader that kind of makes decisions and is allocated, you know, like, actual company funds um an upside in the project like long term like this person gets this much like and he or she is gonna actually like run this project right like unless that happens like i just don't see the right incentives being aligned for like the core team that'll continue building on sushi right like like why would you spend all your time and energy in sushi um if basically like your pay is determined by the community who doesn't really know exactly like what you're doing and then you don't really know what kind of upside you get for performing well right so like just in general i think uh, unless like some actual structure is put in place like i i highly doubt that like anything will be really different even if like a new leader like i mean like this whole thing like it just feels like what happened back in like when alameda was like oh like we'll we'll take over sushi right (laughs) um that really didn't do much after a while yeah i didn't even know about the alameda stuff Mm -hmm. yeah i mean like sbf took like got chef nami to to basically give the money back and then um, determined like who the multi-sig signers will be and stuff. Um, so I just, yeah, like I, I think there needs to be some sort of like, like the community has to decide like, okay, like we're going to have someone actually run this thing and they're going to get this much for their work and this much as a bonus based on something really objective. And then, you know, they have like a budget to hire like a full-time team that actually focuses on sushi, you know, um, because otherwise you're going to run into the situation where the team sees so much other upside because there's high opportunity cost in working on a project in crypto. Right. And this is not like a project that's not yet launched. It's a project that launched a long time ago. So like the new upside for, for new joiners, new capable joiners is like, like compared to what else they could do, like it's not that great. So, yeah, basically, 
needs to be thought out pretty well. And um, unless that happens, like, why why would anyone develop like massive innovation to sushi? Yeah, no, that makes sense. When they could just bring it to their own protocol. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of sucks. Sushi was kind of going so well, even like with the cross chain uh, narrative that was like really big in like August. They were kind of like leading. I don't want to say leading in that time because they were like fluctuating around like $12, $10, but they were kind of like one of the leading DEXs in that narrative. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of petered out. Well, a lot, a lot of politics happened, right? In July, they were like announcing that they were going to get VC investment and give the VCs a massive discount. And then the community's like, what the heck? Um, and then now, like, nobody really wants to invest in sushi, right? So I, I think they need to determine, like, okay, like, do we, like, do we turn this into like truly just like community led, which is kind of an anarchy, right? <laughs> like, um, and, I think it's been proven that like just random community members making random contributions is like not how to run this protocol. Um, so like, yeah, there, there's no really easy answer, but I think they really need to figure out how to govern going forward um, and go from there. And uh, you, you don't think uh, it joining the Abra ecosystem is going to help it out or I mean, I, I think it's, like, a cool development for them to make, but I just don't see, like, like Julian basically running Sushi at the same time of his, like, other project makes sense, right? Like, basically, you're going to end up in a conflict of interest where, like, okay, do I give all the rewards and incentives to one like value extract to like the one that I have more upside to like that's definitely gonna like benefit him better right um or is there like a good way where you can basically make them add value to each other which is possible but I just like sushi is a massive protocol already um and the abracadabra ecosystem is also big so trying to like run to run both at the same time is going to be very difficult. Like, I think there needs to be a focus team with like a very like well thought out governance structure that like everyone agrees to like a budget for whoever's going to lead this and like just a very simple compensation structure with the right incentives. I think it was very stupid how they were like, oh, let's just give a million dollars worth of sushi to every single core team member. Like, that makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, let's, let's switch it up. Let's move on to uh, the ZK narrative, because I think that's also going to be a narrative that's going to be really strong here in 2022. Um, I know Virtual Bacon agrees with me on this, and... I don't know what he's doing right now, but I, th- I think I have to pull him up a bit more because uh, he knows more about what's going on than me. But uh, like Starknet is like currently live. Uh, IMX is currently trading. Like we have a few good opportunities um, in the mix right now. I'm I'm a little bit not too keen on this. So does anybody know what networks are currently live and like you can currently like test out? 
You can try ZK Sync on testnet, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it's like general easy. purpose. Yeah, actual like uh, networks you can deploy contracts to. I don't think there's any. Uh, might be wrong, but I'm not. I'm, I haven't tried Snarknet to be honest. So I don't know what the current state is, but it's definitely very early still. So. Yeah, that. there are a lot of projects that say that they will do this and like pretty capable. They have the team and the, they've been doing this for a while or they acquired the teams like Matic. But I don't think anyone's really ready for like a full, you know, general purpose environment yet. Okay. Um, then like, if you don't mind me asking, like what are some of your like more main plays over there right now because I think you're steering away from like IMX, right? And you're moving more towards like the altcoins on the layers. Uh, I, I think it's probably gonna personally. I'll, I'll probably do the chains, the uh, largest ones with the under narrative instead of like diving deep into what's building on Starknet because that's what we saw with like the L1 narrative, right? People really went into the DEXs, but even the leading DEXs on these L1s didn't outperform. Like, very briefly when they launched, but then, like, quickly they underperformed uh, across, like, Solana, Luna, AVAX, all of those. So I'll probably just stick to the networks. Um, obviously, StarkNet, if they do any token, they probably won't. Uh, ZK Sync, people have been spe speculating that it will have an airdrop of some sort. So that's definitely a big one. Um, Immutable X, that's uh, the going to be the leader in like play to earn, um, you know, kind of NFT dedicated chain. Uh, also, ZK Rollup enabled, right? And then a um, couple more, like Matic is, they are. They like acquired two teams already. One's doing ZK rollups, another's I think just doing ZK for privacy in general. But they're really pushing that narrative um, for the for the Polygon chain. So that that will be a, a strong bet, I think. Um, and then a couple more like people have been saying Syscoin and Dusk which are pretty legacy coins, but I, I looked into Syscoin. They're doing, they have this EVM environment already. Um, it doesn't have ZK rollups yet, but they are at least, you know, going that direction. They have this EVM environment. You can connect your MetaMask, deploy contracts, and then um, they want to put ZK rollups on top of that to, to scale. And this is coming up in Q1 next year. Um, so that's one to watch. And then Dusk, uh, I don't know why people are pumping this one, but like not really rollups. Uh, I think it's only for privacy CK, but, um, yeah, people, people are pretty bullish on that one as well. So overall going to stick with the, the, the large and clear players, you know, ZK saying IMX. Matic, uh, yeah, 
like the leading ones, you like top fives, and then that's that that'll be good exposure. So I don't know if that like is uh alpha at all or not, but no, yeah, no, it definitely. I, I don't think the tech is that that's even at that stage yet, but like it's um people are clearly trying to come up with a new narrative, and this is one of the ones they it's pretty easy to market, it looks like. Uh coming out of the EVM layer ones, now they're moving on to layer twos. So Um, or Jay, are you watching uh, the ZK rollups or ZK Tech at all? And kind of like, do you have any play around it? Um, like, I don't think I know as much as Virtual Bacon does on this. Um, I I just know that like basically massive scalability um, is actually possible with ZK without the cons that you know usually existed in most of the narratives before. Um, so that's cool. But um, outside of that, like, I've been looking at a couple projects, but um, I don't think I have, like, enough knowledge to share alpha. <laughs> so I guess one interesting question would be, like, how, um, like, what are your thoughts on, like, trading or, like, acquiring NFTs on, like, other chains? Um, especially like now that like the gaming merit, cause like most of the high quality NFTs are on Ethereum, right? And like one of the main reasons why people even say like, uh, the NFT bear market hit was because the gas fees just got so high. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, it's logical that it's going to move to another network, but I mean, I think that network is still kind of up in the air. And I mean, Mutable X is probably going to be the winning one um, of these, I definitely think. So, yeah, like, I think I Solana guess NFTs are are also pretty pretty big now, right? There have been a couple projects that have done well there. Yeah, there there have been quite a few projects like Solana, uh, Solana Monkey Business. There was like the Galaxy Geckos, uh, like Soul Steads, I think, all did really well. Um, but I mean, I to to blow my question out from like a broader standpoint, um, like, um, man, don't tell me I just forgot. Like, how do you go about like? acquiring nfts on these other chains like particularly like blue chip nfts i guess yeah so to, to be completely honest um i i am extremely bullish ethereum so like when you talk to like legitimate artists and legitimate like nft projects right like even though ethereum has all these cons and high fees slow and whatnot like they feel like it makes them a more legit project or artist to be minting on ethereum and like basically i think there's been two macro events that define crypto um in history and that's DeFi 2020 and um, nft 2021 and i think both times like 
all primitives were developed on Ethereum. I don't think there's been a time where like a massive primitive um, started off somewhere else. Um, like there has been at least some Ethereum component to them. And like when I see like all these cons with the product, but still every developer and everybody uses Ethereum, like that, that makes me still decently bullish long term. Um, so like, I, I guess it doesn't fully answer your question, but um, I'm actually like not very interested at the moment in NFTs on other chains. Um, I've interacted with some Solana ones, but um, I, I just feel like for now, like Ethereum is the main player, and I don't like I don't see that changing like very very quickly in the short term. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think like. I haven't spent much time into researching NFTs outside of Ethereum yet because I, I think it's just like negative EV to to spend time on, on that. Yeah. Side. Yeah. I, I think you answered the question pretty well, but I think mm-hmm. one thing that kind of makes me side away, like makes me disagree with you a little bit, is like the the potential transactions needed in like gaming and metaverse. Um uh, would be kind of really costly in the uh, on Ethereum. So, like, unless like we get some scaling solutions here soon, like I could see uh, Ethereum possibly losing like more market share, especially like in gaming and metaverse. Right. To yeah, but you're not running gaming engines themselves on these chains, right? Um... I don't think compute will ever be strong enough where like you could actually run a game backend on on a chain. Um, you're basically gonna have some sort of like entry smart contract or a mechanism that basically signs your wallet and then the the game basically realizes, okay, this person has these NFTs in their wallet and therefore they can use them in the game. But the game backend is actually not on chain, right? So like users aren't actually like signing every single transaction they make um on the game with like an on-chain transaction um so like in that sense yeah like games are pretty like (laughs) it's one thing that's actually an issue with with these p2e games because like your your game developer could basically just like nerf every nft that exists which could potentially decrease the value of all NFTs that have been minted, right? Um, so so that's kind of a, a vulnerability there. But but in general, like, how, how the current mechanism works is you won't have to, like, send 100 transactions with your, like, on-chain with your NFTs. So, like, whether it's on Ethereum or another L2 shouldn't matter. Okay, I, I mainly bring this up because we saw Axie switch chains over into Ronin. Um, right. And, like, we do see there's a lot more transactions there with than probably, like, a game, like, with Parallel, where you kind of just need to acquire your cards and then, uh, you know, verify your wallet, and then you could start playing. Um, but I still, like, believe that this, like, the, the ZK roll-ups and, like, a lot of these other layers are going to be uh, like a de facto gaming chain with time. 
I think I think it's difference is like um, with the type of NFT. So if you have a collectible and you have an artist, like people aren't using those to play games, and those the preference is definitely Ethereum because that's the longest provenance. You know, it's most decentralized, and people trust that it won't go away. Um, but if you have a play to earn NFT, that's a separate story, right? You want scalability, you want you know quick finality on the chain, and uh, you want low fees, so you're not really keeping it there to collect, right? And you're perfectly okay with, like, you know, putting out AVAX or, you know, Solana and then, like, even putting into a centralized storage just so you can play a game. Like, people are okay with that because they're not collecting that. And if it's held, let's say, for Axie's sake, right, they'll protect their NFTs. So even if you go through a bridge from Ethereum to Ronin, they, you you would trust the company. You would try to, to like actually the company itself to take you know custody of your NFT, right? Because it's a play to earn part of the game. Uh, but if you are trying to bring a punk over to Roland Chain, I don't think anyone will use that bridge, right? So it's I think pretty big difference with the type of NFT. Yeah, I yes, I guess there's that. Uh differentiation to make too on like what nfts are going to be moved over to different chains and it's probably going to definitely be the play to earns are definitely going to be on the cheaper chains because of this reason um yeah like the play to earn stuff like there's this is why i think mobile x is also very bullish because there are um, if you want to combine the both uh ethereum's uh you know security with cheap transactions um, you can't really have, sorry, you, you can't really have like a, um, you know, centralized bridge and go to AVAX with that. Because uh, by design, you that's most likely because you want the high security for your NFT. So if you want to build a play to run game on top of punks, you kind of have to use uh, L2 like Immobile X. And also, um, the technology of optimistic rollups are kind of uh, not use usable in this sense. Um, it kind of has to be TK rollup for this kind of L2. Uh, so this is the area where I think a lot of people don't have, haven't fully understood it. It's like this is a if you actually want a $100,000 asset on Ethereum and still do play to earn on it, Immutable X is your only solution, I think, from what I've read. Yeah, so I don't know if that, uh, that's helpful. Like bullish on Immutable X, but also you know, I think other, yeah, games and game assets type of NFTs will live on other chains. But if you want big uh, collections, expensive collections that last a long time, they are, they will be on ETH most likely. Yeah, no, I think that's a great uh, TLDR on, on everything that was just said. And yeah, I, I kind of see where the difference uh, lies now. Um, last thing, uh, 
we have two launches tomorrow. We have like Redacted and we have uh, the consoles, X consoles. Um, I think Viper wanted to mention, uh, like talk about the, uh, the plays around um, Redacted and like the potential plays. Yeah, so, so it's, it's kind of like an, it's an altered LBP, kind of their own type of system, but similar to an LBP. Um, and they just recently today mentioned that the seven-day period is now shortened to a two-day period, which I think is smart. Um, as far as the strategy, I usually don't participate in these types of launches, but because I'm very, very bullish on Redacted, I will. Um I have talked to other people and, you know, there's a risk to waiting. You know, of course, it's kind of, uh, I mean, Dennis is more familiar with this model, but it kind of starts at a price and then it starts to stoop down unless people keep buying. And then there's, of course, um, a a total supply. And so, I don't know. I think I'm not going to buy it immediately. I think I'm going to wait to see. Um, Hopefully you know, hopefully it dips sometime between those two days and then, you know, kind of time my buy, but there's definitely a risk. I mean, it could keep pumping. So what's the valuation at open price? Oh, that's a good question. 500 million. 500 million. Yeah. Oh, wow. Going down to 5 million. Yeah. It's definitely not going to go down to five, but yeah, I'm thinking like (laughs) a hundred, hundred to 200. That's probably fair. That's yeah. what I was aiming for. Is yep. yeah. I mean, they did. Change the upside's total. probably going to be quite limited for you to be able to get like a massive ten x off of this, though. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be a ten x. Uh, I'm not trying to flip it that fast, anyways. Like I believe in the project in itself, but it is also in a time of extreme fear, right, with the market, and so like I'm overexposed with low caps right now. Um, so it doesn't help that I'm aping hard into these low caps continuously. But um, it's definitely a play that I, I've been, you know, <clears throat> been waiting for. Um, also, X consoles is tomorrow. That's the reveal. So that'll, that'll be exciting. Chad is in it for the tech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always in it for the tech, always. Yeah. Oh, also Elements launching in two days, right? Um, Element Finance, the token. I'm not familiar with that. What, what is I it? I haven't tracked. It's a interest rate swap. So it's probably going to be one of the biggest DeFi launches. Um, Lyra launched yesterday. Um, there's Notional launched like a while ago as well, and then Element, sort of the biggest one that um, has been building for a really long time. So, um, I mean, I've been farming it before it launches because there's supposed to be a pretty big airdrop um, for those that farmed before um, and provided liquidity on it. So, and it's supposed to be marked at a pretty massive um, amount at like launch valuation. And I think the token's going to pump further from what they value it at launch. Is it element.5? Yeah. Element.5. Oh, cool. Yeah. I think a lot of like DeFi strategies right now is basically finding finding protocols that will reward retroactively at like 
what they'll launch the token at, like what whatever valuation they'll launch the token at. But then like in reality, like they basically give you like let's say 20, 25% APR, right, for providing liquidity before the token launches. But then in reality, the token usually goes up like three, four X at launch. So then your actual APR is seventy five hundred percent if you sell it correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just moving it to another protocol that will give you decent rates, right? Yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing with what we've been doing with um, Ronin Chain Farm. Nice. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't show anything, but like it's uh, even at a um, you know one billion dollar market cap for a their own NFT gaming chain, it's like uh what is like 100 percent apr or something but that's definitely not the i think it was 10 billion dollar market cap we we pitched yeah but uh, it's circulating right so oh yeah yeah so 90 is like all locked uh yeah that'd be like a hundred dollars oh see i think that'd be even more than uh, yeah i think that's like 500 percent actually uh, if I can recall properly, yeah, I think we're doing like uh, expecting like a five x um, based on the um, people's production. Like people's production were pretty conservative. Yeah, I'm pretty bullish on the run and chain and as a whole. Um, going back to the gaming and L two stuff, kind of, kind of, it's kind of like a launch pool. Right, like a three-month launch pool, you put assets in, and then like gives you allocation. Similar concept. Has anybody looked at uh, concave finance? I have some palm pave. Yeah, I've uh, talked to the team. Uh, I think last week. <clears throat> Very bullish on them as well. That's the other. I hate to call them home forks because they're more than just a fork, but. Um, that's They're the a spoon. Other yeah, it's literally a spoon. Um, <laughs> very bullish on them. Only thing is they are dragging, not that they're dragging their feet, but they're still waiting for audits and stuff. So launch is not going to be anytime soon. It'll probably be around one to three months, they mentioned. Um, and then the other one is Temple, which Temple Dow, um, the AMM is about to be released, which is kind of cool. And uh, they mentioned that. Yep. Yep. Well, first it was going to be uh, role farming for Temple Dow um, to see who gets first access to the AMM. But I'm not sure if they're still going to do that anymore because they mentioned something in the announcements channel today saying, like, you know, it was never our intention to lock some people out of early access, blah, blah, blah. So I'm not sure. Nice. Um, is there anything else we want to highlight before we wrap it up? Um, did you guys see the uh, like price manipulation conspiracy theory today? That like someone was saying that uh, that the prices that got swapped on coinbase and coin market cap were um 
were really kind of just a like a, a an attack on DeFi and like attack on like lending protocols uh, to like try to liquidate people. Interesting. So like targeting those that are using their APIs for the pricing. Yes. So I guess like if you were using a chain link oracle, like you weren't affected because they, they draw, they aggregate data from a lot of sources and it's not enough to affect it. But um, yeah, like I, this is kind of a conspiracy theory that was going around uh, like a couple hours after uh, the coin market cap fiasco. Where were we all? Where were we? Where were we? Where we were all trillionaires? Anyway, yeah, I, I mean, I think if your protocol relies on Coin Market Cap's API for pricing, you kind of deserve to <laughs> to get right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone did that. That's so stupid. <laughs> uh, I think it's Coinbase. Also, they got uh, affected by this. Yeah, I saw that oh, on Twitter. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised Coinbase would rely on just that. <laughs> That's why there's such big spread on Coinbase. It's not retail. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Uh, I think that's all on my end. Uh, If anybody wants to highlight anything else, I think this is probably the best time. If not, we can wrap it up. Uh, There was something like we mentioned, Jay mentioned very early with the uh, NFTs being used for signups, but non-transferable. Do you see that as like, um, trying to understand like fully... Maybe that's like a, would it be used for like a cross game scholarship type of system? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it'd be huge if someone builds that, to be honest. It could be like a pretty big project on its own. Um, yeah, I don't have time to build it myself, but I've got a decent idea about how to work. Um, but yeah, I could see like, for example, I think YGG could benefit a lot from something like that. For example, they would use it. A lot of these guilds would would use it, and DAOs would benefit from it a lot. Yeah, I think that's a really cool idea. Like, this badge, it's a username, password. It's powered by Ethereum, and it's uh, it, it's it's cool. Not only not only just for decentralization's sake, but it's actually like cross um, game, and you can have like on chain history. The show for your uh, your experience, and then you can take the asset, right? Also, that's that's cool. Yep. Maybe yeah, I, maybe M six should uh, incubate something. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound like a too complicated system. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't sound too complicated. You know, I I do think like the the borrowing and lending of uh, gaming NFTs, I think, is going to be a pretty big. Whoever builds the first uh, borrowing lending like gaming protocol is probably going to be a pretty good project to jump in on. Uh-huh. Um, 
because like like you guys said it's like guilds would it would makes it would make issuing like accounts and setting up guilds so much easier because that's kind of one of the main uh consuming things about guilds right now is kind of the um, setting up the accounts and then issuing them at least yeah there there are these games that um are targeting that kind of under the hood some some games actually use a couple mini games to really just try out this kind of uh rating players and matching them with managers type of system i think those are those teams are really bullish but perhaps like a more on-chain solution is more composable one it would be even easier to build maybe yeah so speaking about where like games have this integrated already um the ones that i've seen like the people who own the assets aren't able to choose their scholars and i think it'd be best if the the managers were able to kind of choose um who their scholars were or who are interacting with their NFTs so they could have a better, um, cause if you have the most expensive NFTs, you don't want just complete noobs interacting with your NFTs. If your you know, um, main source of revenue is like play to earn like Axie and whatnot. If they're not just lending, uh, if they're not paying you to lend their NFTs, then, uh, you kind of have to seek the right people. I, I think so like in games like Krobata, like I, I wasn't a big fan of their uh, lending protocol for their crabs because you don't know who's getting your crabs essentially. So, um, you know, Virtual Bacon's a great player and he plays with me for one week, but when uh, Viper gets my account, it tanks my earnings for that next week. So, um, I think ideally, like some on-chain history and like reputation for their scholars would also be. Uh, bullish and something that I would yeah um, I, like I, I think I talked to the team called uh, Star Shark they're building this like a uh, play to run game battle or game is pretty pretty simple on BSC but the main thing they wanted to show was that they have this in-game rating system and matching so if you ever played uh, mobile games uh, like the mobile style mobile games, you will have um, kind of matchmaking type of thing, um, and then rating, you know, and then if you dodge or something, you get banned for a while. So they have that where at least that's the goal is like if you don't play for a day, your account gets like you, you can't play for a week, and then if you're uh, on the other side, if your manager is really good and your asset's really good, you can only choose like the five-star players. Um, and they want to make it very automated. So if you have a hundred super good axes, you can just one click and they are all assigned to the available five to four-star players. So that's that kind of stuff is, I think, pretty, pretty cool. I don't think anyone really has that working yet but it's it sounds just like a if it's centralized it's it sounds very similar to existing you know game uh platforms yeah 
Yeah, I mean, the lending, I think, is a bit novel, but um, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, yeah, is there anything else you want to highlight, or should we just end it here? I think I think we're pretty good. Robert, yeah. anything else? We're think of the same thing. Yeah, Jake, I think we're good. Yeah, nothing for me. Yeah, sweet. Pretty good call. Yeah, no, sweet. Um, yeah, thanks for coming on, Jay. Uh, thanks for your insights. It was definitely great having you, um, and great speaking with you. Um, and thank you for everybody for joining. Um, we're gonna have another call 